You're listening to online media from Glendale Christian Church. For more information, visit us at glendalecc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at glendalecky. Thanks for being here today. Welcome to our online community as well. Thanks for joining and participating in worship. And uh, I'm really excited for today. We've got a lot of stuff going on. As Bobby and Tim have already mentioned a couple of times, but uh, it's going to be a really busy week around here, but it's going to be a good week. And we're really excited about all the things that are going on. Hey, as we jump into the message today, I want to ask you real quick, anybody know what this is? Yeah, a couple of you, selfie stick. Um, And so... It's going to tie into the message, so don't think that I just have a selfie stick up here for no reason. Uh, that would be kind of awkward. But a couple of years ago when these things came out, I probably five, six years ago, maybe longer than that, I thought selfie sticks were pretty obnoxious. Uh, the idea that somebody was just going to have something so they can take a picture of themselves, I thought that was pretty obnoxious. And one of the first times I actually saw people do this, there were a couple of probably teenage girls standing in the, in the checkout at the grocery line and while we're all waiting to check out they are got their selfie stick and they're practicing their duck lip faces and they're trying to get the perfect selfie and I'm just like that is so obnoxious and so I'm standing in the background and one of my favorite things to do is just to is to photobomb pictures of people trying to take a really good picture of themselves and and so I decided I'm going to stand behind them with this very ominous disapproving fatherly you know look and then they took about 40 pictures, it seemed like, and then they realized, oh, there's some middle-aged guy standing behind us that looks really creepy. And then I realized, oh, that probably looks really creepy to them. That's, I, I probably shouldn't do that. And so I was, my, my first experience with selfie sticks were not really good ones. And so I thought, it just kind of confirmed my thought that these things are obnoxious. But all that to say... I think there is a redeeming quality about selfie sticks. And it would be this. Selfie sticks, at the heart of what they are about, is about helping people capture moments. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing that people are able to capture moments. And so, uh, you know, you do something kind of cool. You, you go on a hike and you climb to the top of a mountain. You want to be able to celebrate that with all your friends that are there. And so you, you use your selfie stick to, to capture the moment. Maybe you just, you're going out to dinner with, with your spouse or, or a friend and you want to be able to, to remember that moment. And so you, you snap a picture of it. And so, so there is something redemptive about selfie sticks in that they help us capture moments and capturing the moment is a really good thing I mean all of us we we want to capture moments and and so last week we introduced this idea of bottom of the ninth and that's what today is really about is about helping us capture the moment helping us to remember the moment and so last week again we introduced this idea of bottom of the ninth that the idea that you're you're down and you feel like you're out but you're never really out of it because as long as you remember that God is on your side, there's still hope. There's still, there's still some time. You're never quite out as long as you are with God. But maybe you feel like you are. Maybe you feel like you're in the bottom of the ninth. Maybe you feel like with your, with your finances, uh, you, you're in the bottom of the ninth. Or maybe it's a relationship with, with a spouse or with a, fr- a family member, with a friend. Maybe, maybe it's you know, your, your career. You, you think you should be over here, but reality is you, you're kind of way back here and, and you haven't gotten there yet. And, and you just feel behind. And, and you're, so you're in a bottom of the ninth kind of moment. If that's you, well then today, today's message is for you. But, but if that's not you, maybe you're not in a bottom of the ninth moment yet. Today's message is also for you too because today's message is all about preparing for that bottom of the ninth moment. It's, it's about helping us um, 
capture the moment, helping us remember the moment. And so today I thought it would be kind of cool just to get us started if we remembered today. And today, you know, I was trying to figure out what we could, why we would want to remember today. And it's Chris Bell's birthday. So, you know, let me find my camera option. So everybody say happy birthday, Chris. And so I thought today would be a really good day for us to capture this moment by taking a selfie. And so I guess it should help if I turn the camera around. All right, now this is perfect because I'm too short to be in the picture. But I'm going to get all of you all in it. And I'll get this side too. And one more. Chris, make sure you smile. And if you're watching online, you can just like screenshot it and then you'll have it too. So, um, But that's what I, w- I want us to talk about today in, in preparing to capture the moment. See, there are things that we can do to prepare for, for those bottom of the ninth moments. There are things that we can do that will, will help us remember what God has done for us when we get to those bottom of the ninth moments. Because the bottom of the ninth, when we, when we encounter a bottom of the ninth moment, it, it's typically a, a dark moment in our life. We, we typically, there's something going on and it's not going the way that we think it should go. It's not going the way that we want it to go. It, it's, it's a bad moment in life. That's a bottom of the ninth moment. We typically don't think of good things that happen in the bottom of the ninth. But, for all of us, that there are those dark moments, there are also moments of light. There are moments when something good actually happened, right? We could all point to, to something when, when things worked out the way that it was supposed to, when, when things went the way that we wanted them to, when we said, hey, that was, that was a really good thing. There are all moments for us that we could point to. You know, we could say, you know, hey, we, we put an offer on a house and, and they accepted the offer. That's a good thing, right? Or, hey, um, you know, we got a call from the doctor and, and that test that we were taking that we were all worried about, the diagnosis on it, it, it came back good. And that's a good thing. There are moments where, where we can point to, where we can say, yeah, God really did something for us. And it was good. Those are moments of light. And I think that the moments of light are just as important to the bottom of the ninth as moments of the dark. And let me tell you why I think that. Because when we're in the dark... When we're, we're in those dark moments, we actually need the moments of light. light. We are in those moments of dark. We need to be able to remember those moments of light. We, we need to be able to, to remember what God has done in, in the past. Because that reminds us that God will show up in the present and in the future. Let me put it this way, and I, I think we would all agree with this. That our tendency, your tendency, my tendency, is to doubt in the dark what we have learned in the light. That, that's, that is to say that we, we forget what God has done for us in the past and, and maybe even in the present. And so when we encounter a dark moment, when we encounter a bottom of the ninth situation, our tendency is to doubt God's faithfulness. Our tendency is to doubt what God has done in, in the light when we're in those dark moments. And that's just a natural human instinct, right? It, it's, it's that way for all of us. Um, remember when you were a kid growing up and you were, you were getting ready for bed. And mom and dad would come and tuck you in bed and, and they, they, you'd say your bedtime prayers and, and you would say all the I love yous and, and they would get ready to go out of the room and what did they do? they flip the lights off, right? And everything was good prior to that, right? But as soon as they flipped the lights off and now you're in the dark, what happened? Now all of a sudden you got creepy crawlies underneath your bed and you got monsters in your closet and you got spiders on the ceiling and, and you start panicking, right? Because now you're in the dark and things aren't the same in the dark as they were in the light. And so you start calling out for mom, 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 come here, come here, come here. And she runs in there and she flips on the light and you're like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh no, it's all good. The light's on. Back in the light. Right? That, that's our tendency is that we forget what we have learned in the light when we're in moments of dark. 
It's amazing how that works, isn't it? As soon as we get in the dark, we start to doubt the very thing that we learned in the light. And if we want to be ready for those moments of darkness, for those bottom of the ninth moments, then we've got to make sure that, what, that we remember the moments in the light so that we don't doubt while we're in the dark. And the same is true with our relationship with God. We oftentimes forget anything that He's done for us in the light. We, we only think about the uncertainty and the fear of the unknown and, and what's right in front of us, those, that bottom of the ninth, that darkness that, that's in front of us. In fact, we rarely, if ever, remember what God did for us in the light. Don't you have moments in your life where, where God did something great for you, where He came through for you, where it worked out like it was supposed to, where, where you know, the deal happened, you got the job, you got the girl, you got the house, you, you got the report back that you wanted, everything went the way that it was supposed to do? Right? We would all point and say, yeah, we have those kind of moments. And, and we'd say, yeah, God did something for us in the light. But we rarely remember those. Unfortunately, though, we never forget. We never forget what God didn't do in the dark or what He hasn't done yet in the dark. We fail to remember the way that that God has been faithful in the light. And when we fail to remember God's faithfulness, it tempts us to question and doubt what God will do for us in the dark. We forget about God's faithfulness in the light. And so we question and we doubt His faithfulness in the dark. We only think about His failures and not His faithfulness. In fact, some of us take credit for what happened in the light. Well, we, we might say, hey, look at me, I got the job, it's because I'm so good, right? Or, hey, I got the girls because I'm so smooth, right? I, I did all, I, I'm so great. I, 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 we got the house because I made a great offer on it. And God's saying, wait, 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 just a moment. You're, you're taking credit for something that I actually had a, had, a, had a part in. You're taking credit for something that I, that I helped you, that I did for you. But when we get to those moments of darkness, we, we just end up blaming God for everything. Even, even things that are not his, own, not his fault. You know, we get ourselves in a bad situation and we say, God did this to me. No, no, God didn't do it to you. You made a bad decision, right? There are consequences for bad decisions, right? You made a bad decision. And now, and now we just want to blame God for everything. And so the light, when we remember the light, it helps us be faithful in the dark. See, I think the light and the dark, I think they are incredibly connected. And so in today's preparation for, for all of us, it, there's something that we need to do in the light so that we don't have to doubt in the dark. And, and the, the light of the moment where, where it worked out, where the light of God's faithfulness can, uh, can be shown, I, I, I really believe this. I believe that it brings hope into those darkness into those dark moments. When we remember what God has done for us in the past, what God has done for us in the, in the light, it, it brings hope into those dark moments. Unfortunately, though, we only can have that hope if we remember what God has done for us. When we recall what God has done for us in the past and, and in those moments of light, that's the only way that we ever bring hope into those dark situations. And so today I want to tell you a story about a group of people that we were constantly forgetting about what God had done for them. They were constantly forgetting about these moments of light where God had showed up in their history as, as for their people and done incredible things, and then they would just forget all about Him. And of course, since we're in church, it's easy to guess what group we're talking about. We're talking about the Israelites, right? So the Israelites, their, their history is filled with just moments uh, of where God showed up and He did something extraordinary for them. He showed up in a powerful way, and then the next moment they forgot that He had ever done anything for them. I mean, think about when they were in slavery in, in Egypt. Do you remember what God did to get them out? He sent these ten plagues, these bizarre plagues, to, to, to free them from, from 
captivity. If you've ever read about it, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it had to be bizarre. There are gnats everywhere, locusts everywhere. Anybody seen any of the cicadas yet? They're supposed to be showing up in the next couple of days. I mean, and, and they're supposed to show up by like the billions. That's what we've been told, right? And so they're going to be everywhere. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to step outside without like stepping on one of the shells, right? That's what they're telling us. But, but even that scale is, gonna, is nothing compared to what the biblical scale that happened in Exodus. They, they were everywhere. God, God sent all of these locusts in to, to destroy the crops of the Egyptians and, and all of their cattle is dying. And, and God's going, hey, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. Do you not see what I'm doing for you? I'm faithful. And the Israelite people, they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we see you. We see you, God. And then the next moment they forget about God. And so God finally worked the situation to where uh, Pharaoh was, was willing to let the Israelite people go. In fact, he, was, he couldn't get rid of them fast enough. Once the last plague, the death of the firstborn son came, he couldn't get rid of them fast enough. And all of the Egyptians, they were like, Israelites, you all just go. Take all our gold, take all our silver, take all of our clothes, take all of our money, take everything that we got, and just get out of here, please. Leave us alone. And so the Israelites, they're saying, hey, God, God showed up for us. God showed up for us. And they leave the land of Egypt. But then the Egyptians have a little change of heart. And so they decide they, they want to f- pursue the, the Israelites. They want their workforce back. And so they begin chasing after them. And now all of a sudden the Israelites are, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they get to this, to this body of water, right? The, the, the Red Sea. And they're like, oh, God, why did you bring us all the way out here to die? We could have died in Egypt. I mean, if we're going to die, we could have we died in Egypt without having to, to walk all this way. Why didn't you just leave us there? And they, they had forgotten what God had done. And then Moses sees the Red Sea and he's like, ah, oh, no problem. There's a little drawbridge, going to part the Red Sea and we'll just walk across. And it was incredible, right? And so the Israelites, they walk across the Red Sea and it's like, oh, God has, has showed up again. And then they get and they see all the, the, the consequences of the Egyptians following them. And they see what's happened to them. And yet a few moments later, they've forgotten about God's faithfulness. They think that God has deserted them. They, they, think about this. The Israelites wandered around aimlessly in the desert for 40 years. They can't find their way. They're constantly rebelling against God because they forget, they forget about his faithfulness. And even in those moments when they were rebelling against God, God still provided. He was still faithful. He led them by a cloud in the day and a fire by night. He provided food for them. Every morning they go, there, there was manna when they wake up. They go to bed one night and with no food left. And the next morning they wake up and there's all this manna on the ground for them to collect. Every day God was faithful. And yet they were constantly questioning God's faithfulness. They constantly wondered and doubted while they were in the dark. And while they were in the dark, they forgot They just immediately forgot about anything that God had ever done for them in the light. And here's the deal. We're the same way. We're the same exact way. Our tendency is is the same. In fact, it's that way from birth. Remember when your kids were little and, you know, they're babies and they need a bottle every three or four hours and and they just cry, right? Christy and I would be out somewhere and and we know it's about time for for feeding and so we start heading home. And we, we, you know, it was maybe an hour before they were due for a bottle. And all of a sudden, Noah or Eli, whichever one, they just start crying. And, and that kind of cry like is, is their way of saying, hey, you're going to forget. You're going to forget about me. Hey, don't forget about me. I want a bottle. I'm hungry. And, and we just kind of look at them like, hey, chill out. Like, have we ever forgotten? You, you've never missed a meal, right? You've never missed a bottle. We're not going to forget, at least yet. We're not going to forget, right? Just chill out. You just got to wait. We're five minutes from the house. You just got to be patient. But that's how all of us are, right? From birth, we're like that. It's the same way the nation of Israel was. 
But God constantly showed up in, in, in the light. And today's about something that he actually commanded them to do so that they wouldn't forget about what he had done in the light. So that they wouldn't be tempted to doubt and walk away from his faithfulness. The story's found in Joshua, Joshua chapter 3. And, and this is at year 40 while they're in the desert. They're, they're almost out of the desert. They, they can see the promised land. It's, it's just off in the distance. They can see it. They're almost there. But there's one kind of small, maybe not so small problem. There's a body of water in front of them, the, the Jordan River. And, and the Jordan River, they don't think they can cross it. And so God shows up for them in a miraculous way. In fact, I'm going to read it to you in just a moment. And I want to read it to you because I want you to pay attention to all the detail that's there. Because if you don't read it and you don't, and you don't catch the detail, you're tempted to think, well, that's just a make-believe story. But it's so incredible. And, and so in this story, God asks the Israelite people to do something. And something I'm going to ask all of us to do as well today. Here's how it starts, chapter 3, verse 15. It goes like this. Now the Jordan River was at flood stage all during harvest. And their harvest season is probably around April or May. And so you've got Mount Hermon that's nearby. And so all the snow that would have been on the top of the mountain, it has melted and the water is flowing down the mountain and into the river. It's the rainy season. And so it's raining all the time there. And so the, the river is 10, 12, maybe even deeper than that. Uh, 10, 12 feet deep and maybe even more than that. And so this isn't a, a thing where you're just going to be able to like kind of tread water and move across. No, no, no. Like you're, you're not crossing this river without a boat. That, that's the reality. The, the river's moving. It's, it's been raining. The snow's melting. It, it's got some current to it. So you're just not going to like casually ford the river. That's not how that's going to work. And so the Israelites, they see this and they think there's no way we can get across the river but pay attention to the next verse it says as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge the water from upstream stopped flowing and look what it did I mean this is so incredible it it piles up in a heap a great distance away look at the detail that's here it says at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan while the water flowing down to the sea of Arabah that's the Dead Sea was completely cut off completely cut off how about that that's incredible and so the priests who are carrying this ark, this monument that they have been instructed to, to, to carry and to build because they believe that's where the presence of God actually exists. And they believe that because that's what God told them. He said, I will dwell in, in between here in the Ark of the Covenant. And so when they touch the water's edge, the water piles up and it builds up like a wall. And then they, they look downstream. They look at the riverbed. They look at the, at the riverbank and, and, and there's just no water flowing. Down the stream, the water has stopped. And so verse 16 says, So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. Two million people. Two million people crossed over the Jordan. And look at this. This is the greatest miracle of it all. It says, The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while the whole nation of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. On dry ground. This wasn't like, you know, you, you, the, the, bank, the river's just kind of dried up a little bit and you're going to step out into it and it's going to be mud up to your knees. No, no, no. Dry ground. That's, that's incredible. And so when, when you, you picture this, you, you get a picture of, of this miracle. You, you've got water that's, that's flowing quickly and deep. And it's just piled up like a wall uh, just on the sides. And you look downstream, and, and all this water that should be flowing down is just stopped. It's not moving anymore. It's just stagnant. It's there. 
And the Israelites are thinking, great, God has finally come through for us. God has finally showed up for us. He has come through for us. And God's thinking, finally, finally, what do you mean? I have done this very exact thing for you already. Did you forget? Yeah, you forgot because you always forget. I have done this exact same thing. Remember that time back in Egypt when when you were escaping and you thought you were going to die and and I just led you out here to die and and remember we parted the water there? I have done this exact thing for you and you have forgotten. But don't we do the same thing? Don't we do the same exact thing? I mean, think about it when you're a young adult and, and you're just you're in that moment where, where you're, you're just tired of living in an apartment. You're tired of living in a townhouse. And, and so what you really want more than anything is just to be able to own your own house. And so it's, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pray for this. And I'm going to work toward this. And, and this is what I really want. I want my own house. And then you, it, everything works for you. And God makes a way for you to, to buy a house. And, and you buy this house. And then what happens? You forget that the house was the thing you wanted. And now you look at the house and you know, all the things that need to be done. And all the kitchen's got to be redone. And so now it's all about, I, I want my kitchen redone. I want my kitchen redone. I want my kitchen redone. And you get the kitchen redone. And then you forget that that's the thing that you wanted, right? And so it's like, well, it'd be really great to share this house with somebody. So I want to get married. And 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 then you get married. And it's great. And then you forget about that that's the thing that you wanted. And it's like, I want a baby now. I want a baby. I want a baby. And life just becomes this endless cycle of of wanting something and and it working out for us and then forgetting that that's the thing that we want and moving on to the next thing. We forget that the thing that we pray for, the thing that we have now is the thing that we prayed for. That we told God, I will do anything if you will make this happen. I will do anything or I will stop doing anything if, if you will make this happen. And we forget that the thing that we have now is the thing that we wanted, the thing that we prayed for. And we just forget about it. We move on to the next thing. And I think God's going, hey, I don't want you to do that. I don't, I don't want you to forget. I, I want you to remember that this is the thing that you wanted. This is the thing that you worked hard for. This is the thing that I blessed you to have. I want you to, to remember that. So let's do something different this time. Let's do something different. It, it's almost like God, God said to the Israelites, I've parted the water before. And I don't want you to forget, so let's do something different. Adam, I've done all these things for you before, and I don't want you to forget, so let's do something different. And, you know, I, I, I've done all of that. And so here's what God tells Joshua in chapter 4, verse 1, because God commands the Israelites to do something so that they would not forget what God had done for them. Verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, here's, here's what I want you to do. And he says to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe. And here's what I want you to tell them. Take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, to which I'm sure they thought, hey, could, could we do the bed of the Jordan like the, like the edge of the river? No, no, from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing and where they have walked by on dry land, and this is what he says to, for them to do. I want you to carry them with you over to the place. Put them down at the place where you, where you are going to stay the night. So God's going, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want you to do because I'm tired of you forgetting about everything. I'm tired of you forgetting all the things that I've done for you. I want to give you something to remember. So go into the middle of the Jordan River, or this dry ground now. Go to the middle where where this water has been flowing and pick up some rocks. To which I'm sure all of the men who were supposed to do this thought, you know what, that's probably a good idea for you. That would be a good idea for somebody else to go. Because I'm I'm looking around and I see all this water piled up. And I see this water that's down there that's not flowing. But I don't know how long this water's going to stay piled up, right? If it comes down while I'm out in the middle of this water, like, it's kind of like uh, trying to decide who we're supposed to throw off the boat, right? That, that's kind of one of these moments. And so they're, they're thinking, that's a good idea, but it should be somebody else, right? 
No, 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 they didn't think that at all. They just unquestioningly obeyed. They didn't doubt at all when, <laughs> when God told them to do this. They, they didn't doubt it. They just went and did it. And look, I'm not asking you today to not doubt or question this. I'm not asking you to not think this through. I'm just saying that what, we, what I'm going to ask you to do is the same thing that God asked them to do. And it seemed to work for them. It seemed to be a good thing for them. And so maybe it will help us as well. And so the next verse goes like this. So Joshua, he just immediately responds. He says, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, just what God had said to, to him, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. So this is not like grab a pebble, just find like a little rock you can skip across the water. No, no, it's one of these like, hey, can you help me with this? Give me a lift and I'll help you. And we're going we're gonna to carry these boulders on our shoulders. And he says, take them to, to the place where you're going to spend the night. Find the biggest rock you can. The biggest rock that you can carry. And take it to the place where you're going to spend the night. And the reason I want you to do this, and I love this part. God says, the reason I'm, I, I'm, I want you to do this, because I'm just telling you, this is going to happen. He says, in the future, in the future when your children ask, what do these stones mean? In the future when the children ask, what do these stones mean? Because if you have kids, you know your children are going to ask, right? They see something that, that is maybe not where it's supposed to be. And, hey, why is that there? Maybe they see something where, and it's where it's supposed to be. And they say, hey, why is that there? They, they're always asking questions, right? And so God knows that, that these stones are going to be there. And they're going to ask, hey, why are these stones here? And he says, I want you to have something. I want you to have something that you can point back to. You can, you can remind them that, that God showed up for us in a powerful way. He showed up for our people in this powerful way. And I want you to have something that you can point to and that you can remind them. Because God doesn't want any of us to doubt in the dark what we have learned in the light. I think that's the, the powerful lesson that we can learn from this is that God doesn't want us to doubt in the dark what we have learned in the light. And that's what the purpose of these stones were for. So that the Israelites could be reminded every day and every time they passed through that place that God had showed up for them in a powerful, powerful way. That they wouldn't forget that God was faithful because God is always faithful. But how many times do we forget about his faithfulness? And so he says, God says, Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones, they're to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God says, this is really simple. It's really simple. But I know you're going to forget. I know you're going to forget. It's really simple. But you're going to forget. So pick up these rocks. Pick up these stones. And take them to a place and, and memorialize it. Re remember, take them to this place and, and, and remember that God came through for you. Because God's faithful. God is faithful. He's always faithful. He always comes through. And so when you're tempted to wonder, when you're tempted to doubt, when you're tempted to question whether or not God is going to show up for you in that dark moment, when you're in that bottom of the ninth moment, when you're down a gazillion runs and there's two outs and you don't think there's any hope left and you're tempted to, to think, I'm just going to walk away from all of this. I'm just going to move away because, God, you're, you're not being faithful to me. You, you're not, I, I don't believe that you're faithful anymore. God says, I want you to remember. I want you to remember that I have been faithful to you in the past. I've been faithful to you in the light, so I will be faithful even in the dark. I want you to remember what you learned in the light so that you don't have to doubt while you're in the dark. And so the Israelites, they did this. They, they did exactly what God said. They did the, exactly what Joshua had commanded them to do. And those stones, it says, are there to this very day. And, and, 
And we could all go, yeah, I, I know that those are stones. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And they learned something powerful. They learned something, something incredible. But, but I'm telling you, I think that same thing is something that we can learn today. That remembering what God did for us in, in the light provides hope for us when we find ourselves in the dark. Remembering what God did for you in the light, it provides hope when you find yourself in the dark, in the bottom of the knife. But God didn't just tell him to remember. He didn't just tell him to remember. In fact, he did something more than that because remembering is not just enough. Because we can remember, but then we forget, right? Somebody comes up to us and says, hey, you remember that time? You go, oh yeah, I remember that. And then the conversation's over and you forget, right? It's what we all do. And so God says, hey, I want you to do more than just remember. I want you to take a step further. I want you to memorialize it. I want you to memorialize what God did in the light. Make a memorial. Make a monument. Make a sign. Memorialize what God did in the light so that you can point to what he did, what he can do in the dark. That's, that's what I want us to do today. I want us to memorialize for, for each of us what God has done in the light for us so that when we're in those moments of darkness, we can remember that God has been faithful because God is always faithful. And so it could be a, 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 a there's a bunch of different memorials. I tried to think of a, of a couple different ones because we've got a lot of different people in our church. And so for some of you, it, it could be a place. Maybe it's a place that you drive by on the way to work. Maybe it's a place that you drive by on the way home. And that place reminds you of, of a time when God did something powerful in your life. Maybe it was at that place where God did something powerful in your life, where he showed up in the light. And so when you, when you drive by that place, it reminds you, that God has been faithful. Maybe, maybe for some of you it's a, a Bible verse. It's a verse that just speaks to you and you've held on to that verse tightly. And so you, you've done something with it. You, you, maybe you just put it on a post-it note and stuck it on your bathroom mirror. So it's something you see every day and, and you walk by it and you see that verse. And, and it's there to remind you that God has been faithful, that God has showed up for you. Maybe it's a person. For some of you, it might be a child. You, you, you would point to that child and say, say, you know, we didn't think we could or we were told we were never going to. It just wasn't going to happen for us and, and, and we couldn't. And now here's th this child. This is what God did in the light. So if God can do that in the light, I know he can move in the dark. For some of you, maybe it's an idol. I mean, this is why people buy souvenirs, isn't it? You go on a trip and you buy a souvenir and you, because you want to remember that trip. And, and so, uh, you know, for, me, for you, maybe it's a shot glass. Probably not. Most of your bad memories are associated with that, right? But, but, but maybe it's, it's an item. It's a souvenir from somewhere that reminds you of, of, of a time where God showed up. For some of you, maybe it's a journal. Maybe, maybe you, you're actually writing down what God has done for you in the light so that you can remember what, what God has done for you so when you're in those dark moments. Because people forget, right? But paper doesn't. Paper, paper never forgets. And so, so you write it down. And I know some of you guys, you're thinking... A journal? That's, that's kind of like, like a diary, isn't it? Like that's that's kind of girly. I'm not going to do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. But I'm just telling you guys, some of you need to be writing down what God has done for you in the light so that you remember that when you're in those moments of dark. For some of you, maybe it's a song, right? Maybe, you know, this is why couples have songs, right? You, you know, you, you're at a restaurant and you faithfully by journey comes on and you look at your spouse and you're like, yep, that's, this is where it all began, right? And, and so you, you just have that song. Maybe you and your other, you don't have a song. I don't know, maybe your song is slamming screen door, sneaking out late, tapping on the window, when you're on the phone, talking real slow, right? Because your mama don't know, that's, that's what Taylor Swift said, right? And she's like, if you don't have a song, that, that can be your song, I don't know. Just maybe, but, but in all honesty, and all, all jokes aside, and that's hard for me, but maybe, maybe you and God have a song, there's a song that you hear, and when you hear it, 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 it articulates what you don't have the words to say. It reminds you of a, of a time when God moved in your life, 
And he did something powerful. This is wild, but for some of you, maybe it's a God box. I've talked to people who have a God box, and they, they, they just take things that remind them of what God has done for them, and they put it in this box. And it's just a little thing that, uh, it's just a, a thing that reminds them of how God has been powerful in their life. I, I know, I have a friend who was in a really bad car accident. And when you saw the car, you think there's no way anybody should have ever walked away from that, that accident. And she walked out without a scratch. And so she took a, a piece of the fender from that car and she put it in this box to remind her that God protected her, that God has been faithful to her. She, she took this fender to remind her of what she learned in the light so that when she's in a moment of darkness, she doesn't forget. Here's the deal. If we do not memorialize what God has done for us in our life, we will forget. We will be tempted to question God's faithfulness. We will be tempted to doubt whether or not God will show up for us in the, in, in the future like he has shown up for us in the present and in the past. You and I, we will waste today, you will wait, we will waste this whole time if we walk out of here and we do nothing. If you want to waste the, the last 30, 35, 40 minutes of your time because you're not going to get them back, you're not going to get those minutes back. If you want to waste your, your time, then you walk out of here and, and do nothing. But I'm telling you, if you don't want to waste your time, then we need to remember, we need to memorialize what God has done for us in the light. Because if you're not in a bottom of the ninth moment, you will have one. It's inevitable. There will be a moment in life where you feel down and out. Like you're down a gazillion runs. And there's no hope. And when you're in that moment, you're going to need something to be able to, to remind you that God has been faithful in the past. And he will continue to be faithful in the present. So here's what I would ask you today. I would ask you to think of a moment in your life that you need to memorialize where God showed up in a powerful way. What's that moment? And then the second thing I would ask you to do is to think of a way that you can create something. Like it could be anything. And I'm not talking about an idol that becomes your focus of worship. That's an entirely different thing. I'm talking about something that reminds you of how God was powerful in your life where he showed up. For some of you, maybe, maybe it's, it's as simple as today being a day where you say, hey, I, I've been a part of this church and God has been a powerful influence in my life because of this church and so I, I've never become a, a, a member and so today I'm going to become a member. Today's the day where I, I become a member of, of this church and I'm going to memorialize this day by placing my membership. For some of you, maybe it's you've been walking in darkness for a really long time and it's time to get out of that darkness and walk in light. And so today's the day you say, I surrender my life over to Jesus. And I'm going to give my life to him. And I'll, and I'll, I'll memorialize that through baptism. That's the baptism. That's what baptism is. It's a memorial uh, to remind us of what God has done for us in the past. It's his faithfulness to us in the past to remind us that we, he will be faithful to us in the present because of his sacrifice. Not because of our sacrifice, but because of his sacrifice. So today, and it could be a no- number of other things. What is it that you need to remember that where God has been faithful in your life, where he has shown up in a powerful, powerful way? And how can you memorialize that so that when you're in those moments of darkness, you have, you have light that gives you hope. You have those moments of life that give hope in those moments of darkness so you don't forget that God is faithful because God is always faithful. Let me pray for us. Father God, we love you. And we are incredibly grateful for your faithfulness. We are incredibly grateful for the way in which you have showed up in our lives day in, day out. 
And Father, we ask for forgiveness for when we have failed to, to adequately remember those, those moments, when we have been tempted to, to question or, or doubt your faithfulness to us because of, of a situation that we find ourselves in. God, remind us in all situations that you are faithful. Always. Always. So help us to hold on to those moments of light. Help us to not forget. So that when those moments of darkness come, we're ready. We're ready. And we have the hope of light to hold on to. We have the hope of your son, Jesus. Thank you for being a faithful, faithful God. Always. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.